Who's tired of bad news? Don't you just want something that makes you smile, laugh, or feel good? Whether you start your day with this podcast or listen when you need a mood boost, your daily chocolate is a quick, calorie-free way to feel good. In less than 15 minutes, you'll hear funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspirational people. Your host, Patty Deutsch, is bound and determined to counterbalance all the negativity that's out there today. Just give yourself a moment to indulge in these bite-sized stories. It'll be good for you. Have you ever watched the TV show Shark Tank? And when you watch it, did you ever think, I could have come up with an idea like that? How do these people even get on that show? Well, my guest today, Tara Williams, has some insights. She is a CEO and founder of Dreamland Baby Company and appeared on Shark Tank, which absolutely catapulted her product. She's going to share with us some insights today. And let me just tell you, she is an inspiration. Her product was a weighted sleep sack for young babies. Uh, She had a son who was not sleeping through the night, even at six months. You'll hear more about that. But she also had a husband who said, you know, you can't do this. (laughs) You've got to go get a real job. And she persevered. She not only made the product, only sold about $30,000 worth before she went on Shark Tank and is now netting 10 million a year. Absolute success story. Uh, and she lives here in the Bay Area. So I am thrilled that she was able to join me. Please enjoy my discussion, my conversation with Tara Williams. Tara, thank you so much for joining me on your Daily Chocolate. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw you on Shark Tank. And, uh, and it was amazing. Um, and I've never met anybody who has actually, you know, been on there and, and had a shark grab the deal. But to, to kind of give some background, um, you, you've got four kids or had four kids under the age of five and your youngest one wasn't sleeping. Yep. You put a throw over him. It worked. You thought, Hey, here's an idea. Mother-in-law sews up a prototype. What made you think? this is a great product and I need to go on Shark Tank. Well, so at the time my son was six months old, like you said, waking up every hour and a half, we had bought every rocking swing, vibrating bassinet, every sleep sack and swaddle on the market. I mean, truly everything. Nothing worked. Nothing helped him sleep better. And um, it was just a moment of I really wasn't even thinking. uh, We were just watching TV on the couch and I put the, we have like, it's a heavy um, throw blanket. I laid it on top of him and I noticed he immediately calmed down. And that was the first time I had seen him really calm in his six months of life. And then I noticed he, you know, within probably 10 minutes started to nod off and fall asleep. And I thought immediately if there was a, if I was in a cartoon, there'd be the light bulb over my head. (laughs) It was the light bulb moment. And I thought, oh, he needs a weighted blanket. And so it just seemed so obvious to me because this was in 2018. So at the time, 2017, 2018, weighted blankets were really coming on the scene for um, everything from, you know, PTSD to depression to restless leg syndrome, um, marketers making claims, don't use your sleeping pills anymore, use a weighted blanket. And so it really was coming off of a clinical setting into mainstream. So it was just fresh on my mind. And I thought there must be a light version built for babies. Like there has to be. And so that is actually what I was seeking. And I went on to Google, I went on to Amazon, 
and nothing was in a wearable fashion like a sleep sack. Because you can't put a blanket over a baby, right? That's You're not right. supposed to That's do right. that. Yeah. So you cannot okay. have a loose blanket in the crib until babies are over two. And okay. so I knew it had to be something that the baby could wear, like a sleep sack. So the concept was very clear in my mind. It was take a weighted blanket and sew it on top of a sleep sack and have the weight appropriate, of course, for a baby. Um, industry standard is 10% body weight. So I called my mother-in-law and I said, I have this idea. Do you think you can sew it for me? And she said, well, <laughs> send me all the details. And so she had to order a bunch of different things to make it. And I got it about two weeks later from her. And I'll never forget, I was at the gym and she lives very close, like 10 minutes from me in my neighborhood, pretty much. And she said, it's ready and I'll bring it over in the morning. And it was eight o'clock at night. And I raced from the gym. I said, I'm picking it up tonight. I cannot have one more sleepless night. And I just felt so sure that it, this was going to work. So I got home. I put it on Luke. He settled down just like with the loose blanket. And that night he slept for 12 hours. And it was our, wow. that was a really light bulb moment. But we still thought maybe it was a fluke. And so the next day he took a three hour nap, which he had never slept more than 30 minutes during a nap. And the following night he slept 12 hours again. And at this point, he was six months old. So it was not like I was feeding him in the night or changing him in the night. Like he could have been sleeping through the night. He just wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, after like night two or three, my husband said, you did it. Like you got him to sleep. This is amazing. And immediately thereafter, I said, this is something everybody needs. Like it was just such an amazing invention that I wanted everyone to have one. Now, you have a marketing background, don't you? So I had spent, prior to starting Dream My Baby, 10 years in market development. So more sales focused, uh, but in the medical device industry. Okay. I was really going out and, and I had worked with a few startups and creating and developing a market where, you know, we're bringing a new product to market, a new device and going out and showing people who had never heard of it. So it's really my background is exactly perfect for having my own startup because we are creating a category with yeah. this product. We have no competitors. Nobody else has done this. Um, we're really doing something. Like while the swaddle and sleep sack market is crowded, there is no other company that has the even distribution of weight. We call it a cover calm technology like ours. So we are educating parents on what, what does deep touch stimulation mean? And is the weight too heavy? Well, how is it safe? We have a medical board. We've done studies. We partner with NICUs. So I've really taken everything from my previous role, both in a market development capacity and being in medical device and brought it forward into this company. Awesome. So you sell $30,000 worth of product and you say, let's take it to Shark Tank. How do you even get on that show? Yeah, so that is really interesting too. Um, we They have on their website just a really small box and it's you can essentially put a paragraph. So I remember at one point, I think they did open casting calls, but they didn't have anything. And I was going to fly wherever it was. They didn't have anything scheduled for the next you know six months or so. And so then someone said, well, you could just apply online. And I'm thinking it's going to be this robust, you know, ask yeah. all kinds of information. And it put your business plan in. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, put, you know, links and clicks. And it was, it was literally just a paragraph. So I remember I submitted it and I thought, nobody's going to read that. That's, I mean, there's right. not enough information to have anybody interested. And probably a week later, I got, maybe even a few days later, I got a call 
from, and they said, this is the executive producer of Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> can you, you are actually, sorry, I got an email and it said, can you, you know, are you available to get on a call tomorrow? And I was like, this has to be a prank or something. Right. And it didn't feel right. And so I was like, sure, you know, I'm available. And, you know, and then it was the executive producer who now being on the show and I know him, um, he's, he's the decision maker. And so wow. it was really, um, ignorance is bliss. And I didn't quite know who I was talking to, but <laughs> if I had known, I probably would have been a lot more nervous. Um, so I just told him our story. And, you know, Shark Tank is a real show. You're really pitching. Um, but it's also a TV show. And so they loved our story. So my husband had been with the same company for 14 years since he was an intern in college. Oh, and gosh. he got laid off the day before Luke was born. We had a scheduled induction. And then while I was on maternity leave, the startup I was with closed their doors. So we oh. had from two, you know, high salaries. Um, and we had just bought a house that was at the top of our budget. Of we course. had five, four kids, five and under. And um, we were both unemployed. And it was just a really crazy time. And then in the middle of that, I thought of this company and he was really pushing me you need to go back to work. We need health insurance. We were paying COBRA. Um, right. And we also have three step kids. I have three step kids. We have seven kids. So, oh my like, goodness. There was nine of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was just this really like truly crazy time. And I, and I said to him, you know, not only am I not going to go back to work, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> and he said, no, you're not. And for the first little bit, he used to call the company Wasteland Baby. And I, was oh no. Like, I was really embarrassed to tell people that because I think a lot of times founders come on and they're like, oh, my husband supported me and he was amazing. Like that was not our story. And I don't blame him. He's he's a finance guy. He looked at it very practically and said, yeah, there's no money to start a business. You know, you have to go back to work. Like we're going right. to sell our house here soon, right? Like we're not right. going to afford a mortgage. There's a there's an end point to the reserve yeah. we have. So he called it Wasteland Baby. And I, and, and I will always preface this by saying, if, I, if, if the startup hadn't closed, I would have never quit my job because I did have a full-time childcare solution and we had to let this woman go because we no longer were working to make money to pay her. And so then I was watching four kids full-time, right. which is a full-time yeah. job. And so then I also did Dreamline Baby. Um, and I did that for a full two years before I hired somebody. Um, and I didn't pay myself for two years either. So again, Ugh. I wouldn't have left my job, but I didn't feel right starting a new job knowing just morally, ethically, like my heart yeah. is in this company. And, you know, this is just a stopgap until I can figure out how to move it forward. Yeah. Um, so it just, you know, I, I think there's nothing coincidental in life. And when I look at nope. the path I had to get here, I'm like everything happened at the exact right moment. And I even joke because yeah. I my four kids are so close. I'm like, man, if I had thought of this with my oldest daughter, but she was born in 2012, no one had heard of a weighted blanket then. This would not have resonated. I don't think it would have sold. We would have been before our time. So I wondered about that, whether uh, your other kids had problems sleeping as well and Luke was the only one or you finally came up with a solution after the fourth child. 
No, they, my other three kids actually slept. I, I mean, this would have definitely helped them, but they slept reasonably well. Like he was okay. up every hour and a half at six months old. Yeah, that is yeah. like the first week. It's like a brand yeah. new baby newborn. So he slept atrociously. The yeah. others were, um, you know, at about three months, they were pretty much sleeping through the night, uh, maybe okay. waking up once to to have a feeding or something. So it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a dire problem with the other three. But with Luke, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, it, uh, but on that token, like this, this is an amazing solution. And if I had had it with them, it would have accelerated them sleeping. And just, I think the big thing about it is helps babies also fall asleep faster. So yeah. when I look back and think, you know, that nighttime routine was a full hour because you're rocking, you're, you shut the door, they cry, you go back in. Like now with the oh. blanket, they really feel that sense of calm and that there's, um, they're grounded. And yeah. so it's like being pressed against a parent's body and they have okay. that additional comfort. So, so that's where they, you know, there's a whole like science behind it, deep touch stimulation, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been helpful for everybody, but in 2012, I do not think people knew about weighted blankets. Even in 2018, I did a ton of surveying and I would say, um, I think it was about 50% of people had not heard of a weighted blanket. So then people are like, well, why are you putting weight on a baby? I don't understand that. But if the people who have heard of weighted blankets, especially had used them, are like, this is genius. Like, or you had parents who were stacking blankets on babies, loose blankets, um, bed sharing when they didn't want to, right? Right. Maybe into bed for that extra kind of comfort. So it was just, there were a lot of people we talked to that said, I would buy it. I will gift it. This is amazing. I could have used it. I will use it. I want to use it. So right away, I knew that, you know, this isn't just something that would be helpful for me. Um, it's about 70% of new parents get yeah. three hours or less of uninterrupted <sighs> sleep in the first six months. So oh gosh. about 80% of new parents really need a solution. And the other 20% would be happy to take a solution. So it's pretty much yeah. every new baby, it's a, it's a great fit for. Yeah, it sounds like it should go home with the parents That's, from yeah. the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're on Shark Tank and I mean, it sounds like it's a no-brainer, but the first three sharks say, yeah, um, great idea, Tara, but I'm out. Yeah. What, what's going through your head? So... Mark Cuban was not interested, and I know baby and kids not in his portfolio. And then um, the founder of Kind Bar, um, he was on. He only does food, so I knew he wasn't going to yeah. look into it. <laughs> so then I had um, Lori, Mister Wonderful, and um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Is it Robert? 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 And he and he's got young kids. You'd think he would. Yes, have... he had twins at the time that were about 18 months old. And he, I don't think he was connecting that it was weighted because he's like, oh, these like, he's like, everyone has, he's like, I've used these, like, these are everywhere. They're on the market. And I was like, no, Robert, it's different. Like, this has a weighted element to it. So while the swaddle yeah. market and sleep sack market are very crowded, this is a sleep solution. It is a vastly different than anything else. Yeah. So he wasn't connecting it. And he was actually the one that was, I don't want to say rude, but really giving me a lot of pushback. Where everyone else yeah. was generally very positive, even Mr. Wonderful, because we had just launched. There was not a lot to beat me up on. You know, it like yeah. <laughs> I said, this poor girl's heard her husband have been laid off. They have all these kids crying. You know, she's doing her best. Just yeah. um, be nice. Yeah, they kept calling me the American dream. I mean, it yeah. was, it was, I was in there for an hour and a half. You know, they, they, Seriously? Show, yeah, they only show 10 minutes. Um, 
And overall, it was a lovely conversation. Everyone was respectful. They're a really stand-up group of people. Um, so Mr. Wonderful really said, I think he said, oh, he wanted to give me a million dollars. And they didn't actually show that. And I was surprised. And I was like, great, give me a million dollars. And he's like, no. He was like, it's not, like, this is just, just too, like, I had just started. So they said it's too small and, you know, it's not, um, it's just not something they're interested in. And then Lori was like, well, I'm interested. And then we started kind of that negotiation. So it was a, the whole thing was an out-of-body experience. I mean, just unreal, surreal, right? I, I watched yeah. for 10 years um, and I was on season 11. And I remember prepping for it. Season 10 was on and they kept calling it um, a decade of dreams. And every time I'd be like, yeah. so yeah it was it was a once in a lifetime just incredible experience and opportunity so do you go into that thinking no matter what they say I'm going to counter and is that a risky thing to do Uh, I mean obviously it's risky but did you think if I push back on Lori this could go away or will she respect me I actually went into it and um I was going to ask for more money um, I was going to value the company higher because I, I really believe we have something here. And, you know, we had a utility patent pending at the time. There's nothing else like it on the market. I knew how well it worked. I saw the early sales. I knew the margins. Um, I just didn't at that point know how to market it. But I just knew like we are onto something here. Yeah. And so I didn't want to give away the whole farm, if you will. But right before I was walking on, one of the the um, producers pulled me aside and said, listen, nothing pisses them off more than having an overinflated valuation. And uh-huh. with your sales, you're really just making up a number right now, which is what a valuation is before you launch. Right. And yeah. she said, I just want you to think about that going in. And so I was kind of thrown because, I mean, it was like minutes before I walked on and I was like, okay, I was like, let's, let's do a million dollars and we'll ask for a hundred thousand. Like that seems reasonable for a 10%. And so from there, I was not, I just thought they'd take it. And I wasn't anticipating to counter because in my mind, I had already countered before we went. Right. Because I was going to ask for more. Yeah. Okay. So Lori takes the deal. Yep. You guys hug, you you walk off, you're excited. Yep. How did she help you? So it was really cool. So her husband is very involved in the business, which I didn't know. And he is so nice, like the kindest person ever. He took all these photos on his cell phone of me, like live on the phone. He was in the the casting area. Um, My husband was with me as an actor. And, yeah. and fun fact, if there's any actors listening, he got his SAG card, which is such a huge honor. And it's what actors work for years and years and years to get because it was a nationally televised show and he was an actor and he got paid. But he literally was like lying in a chair and then got up to like hold a fake baby, right? Yes. I mean, that was an he extent had, of his acting. He had two lines that were scripted. <laughs> And um, yeah, he got paid and he has a side card and he's, it's funny. He talks about, I did not get paid because I was myself, the original personality. I was not an actor, but yeah, he was an actor. So that was funny. But after after he finished, we said, you know, do you want to stay up there with me? And um, we decided that he has no involvement in the business at all. And so we thought, you know, he's not gonna be able to answer anything. It was just kind of awkward. So then he leaves the stage. I thought he was watching. And so he wasn't. They they whisk him right off the stage. Like he can't be there at all. They can't know the results. And so 
I'm on set. Like it's, you know, like, like a movie, like I was a movie star for one day and I'm in my trailer. Yeah. I got my hair and makeup and we drive around on golf carts. And so, ah. you know, we finish and I walk off and I'm like clapping my hands and they do a post interview. and I'm crying because I'm just, oh, oh my God, like this really <laughs> Um, and so then I get, we can keep the house. Yeah. yeah. It really, I mean, you know, as funny as it is, it truly felt like at that point I had been, that was in September of 2019. So I'd been working on this for over a year. We had, I mean, this was, this was hands down the most stressful time of our marriage. We've been married 10 years. We moved twice. We've changed jobs. Well, I've changed jobs. He hasn't, but you know, we had these four kids back to back and all of that, like, pale we renovated two houses it paled in comparison to how stressful it was to have no money like we used to say gas and groceries that was like the mantra gas and groceries like nothing else should be on there and I mean we didn't go on a vacation for two years we pulled kids from all sports I mean it it really was this dire time yeah and it just it felt like in that moment it was like we made it yeah you know like we got through this really hard time personally, which was tied to the business. Um, And so it was just such, it was such a magical moment. And you could breathe. Yeah. It was just like, we made it. And so I did the post interview and then they put me in the golf cart and I drive back to the trailer and I opened the door and I'll never forget this moment. My husband (laughs) opens the door and his face is like lit up and he said, what happened? And I was like, you weren't watching. And he said, no, they took me right back. And so then I was like, we made it to And we <laughs> cried and it was amazing. And then um, Lori's husband came into the trailer after and he's like, okay, like we're going to get on a call next week. Like here's everyone's contact. This is who's going to reach out. Like here's the ideas we have. He's like, we are so excited to work with you guys. Like we're going to take this thing to the moon. And we're, we're like, oh my gosh. Like it was just so surreal. And so then we we did, um, there's about six months of due diligence that happens. And so we really we needed to get financial documents and you know, all these different things. And so w- where she was really helpful with us was um, we got onto QVC, not live because they don't do baby, but on their website. Um, and, you know, so introductions at Bye Bye Baby, which is an affiliate of Bed Bath & Beyond. So yeah. some of the areas where she really yeah. specializes in, um, but her team was fantastic, super responsive and helpful. And um, yeah, it, it really set us off on the right, you know, the right trajectory. But I think just being on the show and having the show air, that was, it didn't air for six months. So we filmed in September and oh. and actually even longer. It aired in May of 2020. So okay. um, that was another like, we've made it moment. Like it's, and you know, at this point, the business, we I launched the business in, in September of 2019. And I went on the show, I filmed it three weeks later. So like it all happened within the first month of very quick. Yeah. yeah. The business launching. Um, and we had done the Kickstarter prior to that May of the previous um, year. But it, this was like we were online. We started social media. We started advertising like things like that. So by the time it aired, like we had been selling at a pretty good clip. Like it, it was clear, like this is a very successful business. We were profitable since the first month. And but then when we went on the show, it just I mean, it took it from I still consider us. I mean, we are a small business, but it took us from like this really small business to a large small business a- overnight. And it was Well, now you have what, 10 million in sales now? Or are you above that? Last year 10 million, yeah. So this this year we'll we'll double that. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. There's there's a lot of babies that aren't sleeping. <laughs> That's the thing. Um but as soon as we aired, we got 
reached out to from Nordstrom. And that really like set the cascade of retailers. So then Bloomingdale's followed right behind and then Target and Babylist and Pottery Barn Kids wow. and, and really every, wow. all the, every boutique you could think of um, local here with Fish and Walnut Creek were sold at. Uh, but really it was, it was just everyone that night, 7 million people watched. So it was so many people saw us. They got 10 minutes of essentially an infomercial about the product and the company and right. my story. So they felt like they knew me. And then it was just after that, I mean, it was, it was night and day. So I, I always yeah. tell people like the show gave us so much. And if we hadn't gone on, we'd probably be a year or two behind in sales and growth and in everything. It just, it catapulted us into the stratosphere. Exactly. Yeah. So you started with the sleep sack. You added, um, what, a blanket and swaddles. What's next for you? Or what's next for baby? But yeah, so we started we started with two sizes, a zero to six um, sleep sack and then a six to 12 swaddle, or sorry, a zero to six swaddle and a six to 12 sleep sack. And then we've now since added, we have two zero to six sizes, um, a six to 12, a 12 to 24 and a 24 to 36. And that's really our customers saying, we want the next size. We want like, can we make yeah. it bigger? And then we launched a weighted blanket and that's for ages three, four and up. It's 30 pounds and up. So about yeah. age three or four. Um, and that was in that very end of 2020. And then this year we launched pajamas and crib sheets, which has been super fun because that was one of our big requests too. What do I wear underneath it? Do you have anything that matches? It's really popular now on registries and gifting. So people will go to a baby shower and they want a complete set. So people are now gifting, um, you know, the whole set. And when we first launched, we only had one color and it was a white with gray star. It's still our bestseller. It's a classic. It's beautiful. It's gender neutral. But uh, where we saw really things explode a second time in the end of 2021, we launched um, colors. So we did four solid colors and I wasn't sure how they were going to sell and they just blew out the door. And I think it was really a lot of our current audience who had the white with gray star or wanted a, like a back, a lot of people buy two because they want a backup for the yeah. wash. Grandma's yeah. have were just different um, things. And we're now really seeing that incremental growth where we're, we're approaching year three. So we've been doing it two and a half years. So we have those customers who now are just buying up and up and up. And then now they're going into having their second baby. So they're like restarting. Um, So it's really exciting. And, you know, the pajamas and crib sheets have been a great addition. We have a transition that coming out, actually coming out later this year. Um, It's something that's been requested and we're really excited on that. So it's just opening up the portfolio. And then I don't think I can share it yet, but the beginning of next year, we have a low-tech product that will really round out the sleep experience in the nursery. So we are, and that has some science-backed data to it. So we really are, you know, look through the lens of safe sleep, kind of this medical science-backed sleep solutions. And um, that new product, that's a new product category and um, just very exciting. But we have such a long way. I always say we've like barely cracked the sleep sack market. And we could continue to have the brand just on the single product. Um, so, you know, that, yeah. that's definitely our thorough product and the one that is the most differentiated from anything else on the market. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, huge success. 
great idea to start with, but then you, you obviously marketed it well. And is there like a, a shark alumni organization? Will you get together with, uh, yeah. with the shark? You know, it's so funny. There, well, there's a Facebook group and um, it, it's actually super helpful. I mean, people will post on there and say, hey, I, you know, I'm looking for a new warehouse or does anyone yeah. work with a good marketing agency? And so it's it's been a really great um, collaborative place on Facebook. But they're doing the first in-person meetup because I was on the end of 2019. So I didn't actually air until 2020. And, you know, people, I think, are just starting to get things going again. So we have an in-person meetup in September in Las Vegas. So I'm really excited to meet all these people I've been chatting with on Facebook. Oh, that's fun. Well, wonderful. I love hearing this story. And before we end, and just so folks know, I will put links to your website and how they can get your products and where your retailers are and that sort of thing. We'll put all that in the show notes. But before we end, a few rapid fire questions. Yes, let's right? do it. Who inspires you? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think Sarah Blakely is hugely inspirational. Um, I love her Red Backpack Foundation and, and how she started with going door to door. And now she has a billion dollar business. So she, I think, would be my number one. Awesome. She's the founder of Sphinx. Okay. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were little? So I grew up in Boston. And funny enough, I have um, on my kindergarten, my, my mom always jokes about this. I said, I, I want to be, I l- want to live in California and be on TV. And so, um, serious. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> like my lifelong dreams of Shark Tank accomplished. I do live in California, and you know, being on the show, I felt like I accomplished that. Well, gosh, now you've got nothing to aim for. I know right? <laughs> the billion dollar business. That's the next. Yeah. So, if you ever get a night away from the children and you have a date night, what's your favorite restaurant in the Bay Area? Ooh, I love. So, I live in Danville, and I love La Condoravella. It's my very favorite. It's Italian and you you feel you're transported to the Amalfi Coast being there. That's where I go for my birthday dinner. I love it. That's where I went for my birthday (laughs) last year. So fun. (laughs) Okay. If you had an opportunity, what's your dream vacation? Um, I think I just took my dream vacation. My husband and I, we have been dreaming of this for five years and we did we did go to Italy. Um, we went to Capri and Positano and Naples. So Rocky comes over there. Yeah. Oh, very good. Those are great trips. And because this is called your daily chocolate, I need to know what your favorite chocolate is. Milk chocolate. I am a chocolate girl through and through. Any particular brand? Um, so everyone gives me a hard time. I love these. They're <laughs> like an M&M knockoff from Trader Joe's. You'll always do oh. those at my house. Very good. Well, thank you, Tara, for, for joining me. I wish you much success with all of your new products coming out. And what a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the time. You know, the shark that took the deal with Tara, Lori Grenier, she has actually said, one idea can change your life. And I think Tara is a prime example of why that is true. I hope you enjoyed the conversation found her inspiring. Maybe you'll even take uh, an idea that you have and make your dreams come true. So if you enjoyed this, be sure to share it, review it, comment, make sure that other people hear it as well. And hey, listen, join me next week. James Rosebush is my guest. He is the author of True Reagan. 
and he served as a senior advisor to President Reagan in the White House, as well as chief of staff, and has written a book and now actually coaches some of our business leaders and politicians in effective communications. Don't we need that about now? I hope you'll enjoy it. Have a great week. 